Hello, and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. It's week three, lots of exciting games going on, and of course this podcast is brought to you by the University Medical Center and powered by AJ Media. Hey, welcome aboard, Ryan. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun this week. Uh, some people would say this is your telling week, if not the third week, then the fourth, and how district's going to kind of go for you. And, you know, you pretty much found yourself at this point offensively and defensively. Yeah, no doubt. And, and for some unfortunate teams, this is the end of the non-district schedule. This will be their final non-district game, and every game will be for real and, and count towards the playoff from, from this point forward. And I'm thinking about friendship, which is kind of in a hole. It's an it's an, an 0-2 hole, has lost to two El Paso teams, and now is going to face a pretty impressive Cooper team that, that's been hanging tough with 6A teams with uh, one win and one defeat through its first two games. This game in the last couple of years, at least that I've been here, has been really exciting. Um, it was lopsided, I think, at one point, but I remember back to like two years when it came down to one touchdown, and it was an amazing game. I think it's going to be another good game. Uh, Cooper's in a good spot right now. They did really well in their first game. Second one, they lost, but it was still a close game. Uh, friendship, uh, you mentioned, a little bit of in a hole, yes. Um, offensively, I think they have the weapons to make this game very interesting. Um, their quarterback went for over 400 yards passing last week. Uh, they have big playability. Uh, their wide receivers aren't afraid to go up and get the ball. Um, kind of getting a run game developed against Cooper might be important, but that defense is going to be really tough to kind of prepare for. Yeah, you've seen these two teams play already one a, one a piece. Just tell us about what each team looks like um, or, or what they looked like at the point of the season you saw them in week one, week two. Okay, uh, first, I guess with Cooper, I saw a very impressive uh, defensive team. They were able to shut down Amarillo's run, and then when it came to where they were forced into throwing the ball, obviously you want to be in a good spot to know that you're forcing them to throw the ball, but whenever they got down to it, their defensive backs did an amazing job at uh, shutting that down. Uh, I I just think Cooper's defense was what really stood out in that game. The offense, for me, was uh, struggling in week one. Uh, Week two, they did better. And uh, you got to believe in week three, it's going to be even more so. Um, friendship, friendship. when I saw them, was impressive offensively. Like I was mentioning, their wide receivers, they have more than just one kid that can go out there and uh, snag a, an impressive pass at any time. Um, big playability, like I was saying. Uh, they weren't necessarily uh, at points driving, uh, you know, 10, 10, 15 yards. They had... 40-yard passes. They had one pass go for 96 yards, which at first you thought was going to put them in a bind because they were pinned in at their own four-yard line. And the next thing you know, they take a shot downfield, and that kid had enough speed to break away. Um, I think when it comes to this game, what we're looking at is Cooper's defense versus Friendship's offense. I, I, would, uh, I mean, that was going to be my next question about this game. I mean, would you say if, if I advertise this as the, the top strength of Friendship would be its offense going up against Cooper's top strength? defense yes i think that's uh that that's the way you advertise it absolutely uh friendship was struggling at kind of getting some tackles maybe that's going to be emphasized uh, throughout the week but they they were struggling on the defensive end last week they were letting some big plays go now another dynamic to this game is just the the rivalry nature of it got to cover the uh, friendship cooper volleyball game earlier this month and uh the turnout for that was phenomenal, and, and you'd expect it to be, um, you know, similar for for football. And I mean, these two these two schools have a lot in common. Yeah, this might even rival the uh, Monterey Coronado game that we're gonna, looking at, you know, in district play. But 
Uh, I've been robbed of this game for the last couple years that I've been here. I know everybody kind of wants to get out to it, but now it's my turn to kind of get that feeling, um, you know, that excitement, you know, that whenever the seats start filling up. And I think it's going to be packed over there, and I think it's going to be a good game. But you were at the Cooper Volleyball or Cooper Friendship Volleyball mm-hmm. game, you know? Yeah, same same thing. There, there's an interesting dynamic between those two schools. A lot of respect, uh, yeah. but, but there's, they're, they seem to me to be just very similar schools and and when you're similar, that's that's pretty much how you find your rival. Yeah, uh, what's funny is I saw on Twitter uh, that this is a fresh rivalry, and I think that's very true. Uh, it's over the years become more intensified, and I think at the point it is right now is a true rivalry rather than saying this team's around this team. I think this is a true rivalry game. Do you have any gut instincts about this game? Do you think friendship could surprise? Because right now I'd, I'd say they're the dog after losing to two um, El Paso teams. While El Paso has improved over the past couple of years, uh, a lot of people would still say it's it's far behind the rest of the state as far as caliber of high school football. My gut is kind of telling me that their offense is going to end up overcoming some things on Friday night and maybe edging out a win. Um, I don't think it's going to be big numbers. I think they're going to have to settle for maybe two, three touchdowns. But uh, that big playability kind of surprised me. Uh, they were never out of that game with El Dorado. They kept it going to the end. And maybe that's a positive that they're going to use coming into this uh, Cooper game. Just the fact that, you know, they stayed fighting the whole way through. They have their offensive schemes going. Uh, I guess gut instinct. I I feel like there might be a bit of an upset here. Well, I've got two games this week. And and the first one that we've we've got to talk about is our uh, Thursday night game, which will be Dumas coming right back to Lowry Field after losing to Estacado 48-17 to play Lubbock High. Both these teams are reeling a little bit. Both lost last week. Of course, Dumas lost to Estacado, and Lubbock High, after its overtime win against Seminole, visited Andrews and and uh, kind of gave up the ghost early. They got they got buried by Andrews' points and ended up uh, leaving uh, Andrews with a 59-28 loss. So both teams are looking for momentum. Both teams are 5A, and honestly, this could be a playoff preview since both teams play in adjacent 5A uh, districts. Um, I like what you said, that both of them are kind of vying for that win again. You know, I think they both tasted the victory early this year and they want to go back to it. Uh, it's going to be a tough one um, to kind of get on top. Uh, Lubbock High, I like them right now. I think they're in a good spot to actually, you know, make a push in the playoffs, maybe two, three rounds deep. I, I think they're going to do well. But then again, Dumas, you know, when you look at the score with, the score with Estacado, uh, it looks like Dumas was just buried, and uh, their Estacado's defense was just on another level in that game. I think offensively, Dumas is still capable of putting up some numbers. So, and this one, this one might be the opposite for me from the uh, Friendship Cooper game. I think it might be Dumas's offense versus Lovakai's defense because I feel like their offense is pretty potent and will get the job done. Totally agree. And Lovakai's defense played very tough in, in the week one opener. Now they're going to go back to Lowry Field and, and uh, have, a, have a second chance to recapture the magic. Of course, if Lovakai won this game, they would tie their 2016 win total even before district play began. And you know, I think everyone feels a lot better around here about Lovakai after, after that seminal win. But I don't know if they'll feel as good if, if this team loses to Dumas and you've seen Dumas and we've kind of gone over the strengths but like where do you think that Lubbock High might have some matchup wins against Dumas? Wide receiver wise um their corners were I don't want to say undersized because you know uh you don't have (laughs) six foot corners very often you know these big corners right uh but Estacado was just 
<clears throat> doing a matchup on them. They were going for the deep ball, and they were making their their uh, under not undersized uh, smaller corners match up with their taller wide receivers. And um, uh, I believe Lebekai might have some height there. And if they're able to do what Estacado did, which is you know cause that mix match sort of situation, then. I think Lubbock High gets this one. Plus, you always got a running back in Isaiah Johnson, just in case. That's right. And, and uh, Isaiah Johnson got good reviews from the Andrews game from head coach Jason Strunk, despite the outcome in the, in the Andrews game. Moving on, we'll take a look at we'll take a look at Caprock and Estacado, which which is my Friday game. And uh, I mean, just kind of the same thing. I mean, Estacado managed to, to beat Doom as well. well. I mean, there were lots of surprises in that game after after Estacado's loss to Hereford, an eight-point loss to Hereford. What, what was the biggest thing that, that surprised you other than maybe um, how well they, they threw the ball and how well they, they ran the ball? I mean, what, was there was there anything that didn't meet, that wouldn't meet the average person's eye? Um, I wouldn't say uh, there was anything that necessarily surprised me. What I saw was an Estacado team that I had already anticipated. Uh, defensively, they were really impressive. They were getting to the quarterback. Maybe that's uh, one thing that I wasn't kind of expecting after week one, but they were able to get to the quarterback and cause some disruption there in the backfield, um, come up with some big losses. And uh, I, I think the defense uh, played really lights out against uh, Dumas. And, uh, you know, aside from that passing, uh, maybe the two running backs that they have going right now, uh, switching them out, you're looking at uh, – Kind of a veteran running back who came from the defense to reprise that role after the fall of uh, Seth Porter or the injury rather, and then uh, you have an, a younger kid and just the dynamic between them two being able to come out. Um, they they're they're two different runners and I think it's good with their offensive scheme to be able to come in and display two different things. It just gives you that much more. I'd say that Estacado would probably be favored in this game. I think so too. I have Estacado for this one. <laughs> Now we're just going to scatter shoot a couple of other big games going on in the, on the in the South Plains region. And the first one, I think, and Carlos Silva will be at this game to cover it, is Sundown at Seagraves. You've got um, Sundown, which is coming off a 69 did nothing win. They have Mr. Texas Football Week 1 on their team and quarterback Christian Huey. After he won that award through four touchdown passes in the first quarter, their Week 2 win, 69 nothing against Morton. And now here comes a Seagraves town, which is a, a division smaller, 2A Division 1 versus 2A Division 2. But Seagraves has not failed to make the regional championship round the past four years. Uh, Seagraves is coached well. They're disciplined. They always find a way to win. Uh, Sundown had a tough game this last week. But then again, you know, you still have Christian Huey, who is kind of uh, making a case for himself to be one of our premier athletes out here. And uh, I think this game is going to be closer than some people might think. Um, I don't see the gaudy numbers that maybe Sundown put in week one, but I think I think this game is going to come down to the two defenses going up against each other. This is this small town, or this would be considered your lower uh, small school showdown, where one turnover is going to make all the difference. I completely agree with you, I, I, and I think that for for fans that are looking for a really good game that aren't attached to any particular high school that this would be the one if you don't mind traveling just a little bit, just a little bit past mm-hmm. level land. I think, I think this one's going to be a really good one at Slaughter Field at sundown. Uh, going next, Coronado at Odessa. I don't think that anyone had this one as, a, as an exciting game three weeks ago, but Odessa, yeah. which began the year on a 15-game losing streak dating back to two, 2015, is now 2-0, and 
and Coronado didn't exactly do a great job of putting away Wichita Falls Ryder needed a 28 point uh, fourth quarter to, to get past them 42 28 um, what, what, what can we say about Odessa I mean this is a team with old Estacado coach Danny Servants that I guess has officially turned corner number one yeah um, Odessa High's got some magic going right now uh, when you talk about Friday night football and some of the things that it come with that you see these teams coming from bad seasons <clears throat> excuse me and then uh, coming out and having a really breakout season next year that's exactly what this is for Odessa this is Friday night lights almost in telling um, yeah they just got something going for them I know that um, talking with one of their reporters out there in Odessa the quarterback and the running back are just doing a really well job and Odessa has just been able to put some teams away that we wouldn't have expected I think three weeks ago <laughs> no doubt they have a fun offense and and uh, they they kind of have a they approach the game with a point and that point is we're not going to give you so many possessions we're going to run the football um, up the middle and off tackle and we're gonna limit our throwing into until we absolutely need it uh but they do have some good tight ends they have a great quarterback i really like their running back although he's undersized i think he's uh, one of the toughest players i've seen this year so far um and then coronado this is this is really their first major road trip they went up and opened the season against plainview but um going to odessa is a little bit different than than uh hopping up to plainview yeah it's always hard to play on the road but they've done it before and uh what can we say about Coronado, you know? Uh, they continue to impress us. They did need uh, to come back there at the end, but they were able to get it done. Yeah, that, 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 exactly. They were able to get it done. And um, Quagre, I mean, just another uh, just another outstanding performance. I mean, he's, he's I someone – they actually had a pretty breakout performance from another running back with Gerard Compton being out. That's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Caleb Manuel uh, has, has uh, really inherited that role pretty well and then of course their receiving core is is awesome and I, I think that Odessa probably hasn't been challenged in those dynamics the way they are on Friday night you know uh what's not surprising but I, I really like to see from Coronado is the fact that defensively you have a defensive lineman setting the pace and the tone in these games it's so rare that you have a defensive lineman in 5A that's going to come out and set the tone for your defense. Usually it's your linebacker, um, maybe your safety, but no, a defensive lineman, Miguel Garcia, I mean, he's on his way to have a really good season. And that's probably why I'd go with Coronado in this game, just because, uh, I mean, Odessa's offense, what we've seen of it, has revolved around the running game. And if you can't run up the middle, then everything gets a lot more complicated for you in, in all aspects. Yeah, nothing against Odessa. They're having a great year, but Coronado is a tough team. Uh, I have Coronado in this one, too. We'll move on to our final game, which is uh, Idaloo against Littlefield. And this is a big one for both teams because both are, are searching for their first win, and, and both, I think, entered with, with higher expectations than, than what they've got. Idaloo, in particular, hasn't scored more than 10 points in a game and uh, is it at about 300, 300 total yards through two games. So a, a, lot, uh, a lot to be desired. Uh, and, you know, it really just takes one game to get your season turned around. Uh, do you have any examples of that from, from your own playing career, just where it wasn't working for whatever reason, you get a win and then you're able to make a run off of it? Yeah, um, for us, I think it was maybe uh, our sophomore year. Uh, we were we were a team that wanted that first win, and as soon as we got it, maybe in week two, because week one, I remember, week one never went our way. We were always uh, slow to the game when it came to that aspect, doing game time situations, but 
uh, week two, I think my sophomore year, we won a game and it kind of turned everything around because next thing you know, we're making the playoffs for the first time in maybe like seven, eight years. Um, I, I think in week two, week three, it's very plausible for either of these teams to turn their whole season around with just one win. And they are hungry. And just psychologically, what, what does it do for you when, when you know that you can win, that you're not in this permanent slide, you know, just through the whole season, just L, 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 L? Psychologically, I think you hit it on the head. You know, you realize you can win. As soon as you realize you can win, you will win. Uh, you never want to go into a game with a mentality that, oh, man, I hope we win. No. As soon as you get that first win, you know you can win. So you, you go in with that mentality, you know? So- and so far, we only have two samples from each team, but uh, Littlefield has the more potent offense so far. I, th- I think they were able to, to hang 30 in their Week 2 loss. Um, Idaloo has not scored more than more than 10 points. So I, I really think it's going to come down to Idaloo's offense and if, if they can rise to the occasion. But we do know that they have good players. Idaloo's never short on good players. Yeah, um, maybe it's just the fact that I've been here too long that – uh, you know, I've seen what Idaloo can do in the past. Not that Littlefield hasn't. Littlefield last year was very impressive. They had a really good season. But I'm just waiting for that Idaloo team that I'm used to to kind of show up. And I think it will pretty soon. Well, that's going to do it for us. We really appreciate you listening in. And we'll catch you on the Facebook Live show, which comes out Wednesday evening. And we'll give some predictions. Then we'll be back Saturday for another podcast, the Week 3 post game edition. So thank you very much for listening in. And we'll see you soon.